episode 77 of the Hibs Ramble. It's myself, Craig, and for the first time in a long time, I'm joined by not only Liam, not only Mark, but Sean as well. How are we doing, boys? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Blue moon outside, eh? Exactly. And for those of you looking at the screen and going, oh, there's there's a fifth member. As we all know, um, Hibs had a busy transfer window. We also had a busy transfer window here at the Hibs Ramble. We've been keeping an eye on him for a while. He's been impressed in the reserves elsewhere. Um, he's come in the market. He's the hottest free agent on the planet and we've got him here as the fifth boy of the Hibs Ramble. Ryan Melville, how the devil are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. Thanks very much for that introduction. Um, just off the back of an injury, looking to get some game time and, and see where it takes me. So thanks for giving me that opportunity, lads. No, Listen, mate, you're more than welcome here at the Ramble. More than welcome. We're only high football and IQ knowledge is taken and shared and spread out to the Hibernian universe. Um, bit of a shite one for you to come on to, Ryan, in all honesty. Because, um, put, it, put it bluntly, right now, we're pretty pretty shite. Yeah, listen, I don't think there's a good time uh, to come on at the minute when Hibs are involved. I think there's a serious lack of desire and personal pride with the players as well. I don't think it's all on the manager, so... A lot of the guys in that dressing room need to have a serious look at themselves before they go back out on the pitch Wednesday night. Um, obviously not hoping for much through the week. Playing Celtic, who are, are not doing too well at the minute. I think there's a few disgruntled fans. But the big one is obviously on Saturday. We've got a, a chance to get further in the Scottish Cup. and Going up to Inverness, a good one for a lot of the fans. So hopefully they can turn it around a little bit there and kick on. I know, woe is me, eh? Did you see the banner that they done up at Pitodre on Saturday? I'm ridiculous now. <laughs> 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 fucking won near enough everything since I became a fucking adult and they're still bitching and crying. Mark, you've not um, enlightened us with your <clears throat> personality for a while. What's your What's your take on the current current situation at Abs? <laughs> Thanks, I don't know how to take that. It's a bit of a backhanded <laughs> compliment, but thank you. Um, I echo what Ryan says. Just there's not we've got nothing. There's just no desire, no fight, no bite, no passion. Just nothing. No blood you know, and sweat. We, <laughs> <laughs> we talk about def- being defensively poor, which we absolutely are, but we've got nothing in the middle of the park. And going forward, we just look like a bunch of show ponies, not really doing much. Just you know, there was moments in the game when Yuan was just standing over the ball. There was a, I think there was one particular incident where. He was standing still for maybe five, six seconds just looking at the defender. And then the crowd started to boo. And that, that really sums us up at the moment, to be honest. Just nothing. <laughs> Mate, how funny was that, eh? It was oh, the one... See, 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 see the, see the one they've been there. They'll know Ken about that, that the bit as well. So was, are you talking about the same bit where a ball kind of gets overplayed and all he needs to do is like, take a step no, to the left and he just stares at it and lets it roll out? No, no it was no, the bit where he really, like, cut it on the touchline. And he just there were so him. many incidents for him at the weekend. That, that one where the ball just rolled past him, <laughs> and he didn't even bother. <laughs> he just looked at it as nah. I think uh, the the excuse was that at that time Joe Newell was down injured, so the commentator yeah, was like, Let, "Let's just 
let's just hope that he was letting that go out. But I don't know if that was his intention. <laughs> I don't know. It seems to me in the the discussion about Elie and in particular, um, we've seen it last season in spells where he's got. It is clear to me at the moment that he's operating on next to, if any, zero confidence. Um, the way that he was set up under Johnson as a, <clears throat> I hate using football manager terms, but almost like a, le- a, a left winger, whereas right now he's almost playing like a left midfielder slash right midfielder that's slash striker slash... That's just a football term. I was going to say left attacking ma- midfielder, but... I. Like he was going to come in with an inside forward for the left or something like that. Well, he's done. Liam, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about kind of the state of everything at the minute, and it was, ironically for us, was a pure ramble. Um, <laughs> see, in the case of Elie Ewan in particular, is it, before we talk about the rest of right? because I think at the moment he's the most high-profile player that's playing week in, week out, and terms of what we're not getting out of him, what we've probably put in for him in terms of money and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, you look at Eli Yuan and, and the rest of the squad, and Eli's probably up there with our best player. So when he doesn't play well, you notice it more than others. So mm. because we know what he's capable of and what he can actually do, it is super frustrating to watch him be as poor as he's been over the last few weeks. So... Uh, but I mean, he went through a spell like this last season as well, didn't he? Where he was kind of devoid of confidence, and then he, he managed to get it back and, and go on a half decent wee run, um, where he was scoring goals and being really effective. So we can just kind of cross our fingers and toes that he kind of comes back to that sort of vein of form again. Because if uh, if he starts to play well, then I can imagine that the, the others around him will start to play well as well. Sean, you were there on Saturday. Um... Not for long. Not for not for long, but you were there. What's again? What's what's your take on it all? Because, like Ryan said initially, uh, Ryan said to start with, we're, there's to me anyway, and I know I've kind of ranted in the in the chat for the last couple of days, um, almost like shouting into a, just an empty hole because there's not much coming back my way. To be fair, <laughs> um, but there's just not to me at the moment. There's nothing. Like there's there's just nothing in terms of <clears throat> style, anything for the touchline. Um, one of our mates, uh, mine and Liam's mates, was in hospitality on uh, Saturday. Fucking unluckily for him. Um, and he said that for the whole since the first goal went in, Montgomery just stood in the edge of his technical area with his arms folded. Like, I know because you were a massive advocate for Montgomery coming in, so we're putting the blame solely on you for this. <laughs> Um, aye, what, what's, what's your take on it all, especially from someone who was so excited about Montgomery getting the job? Yeah, weirdly, and our listeners are probably going to just drop off the side of a cliff when I say what I'm about to say, but I, I still kind of am. I know, I said like, I said to like Liam last week, I, I was confident going into the same winning game, but I had absolutely fuck all to base it on because mm. we're not able to like string a, a, a strong level of performance together for a long period of time. Weirdly, I wasn't overly surprised by the overall performance at, at the weekend. It was it was more about the amount of individuals that gave us nothing for, from from the get go. So you mentioned about Monty standing at the sideline for the first uh, for the first goal. 
and been like that from then on. I'm not really surprised to hear that. Um, I'm obviously on the other side as well. It just seemed right through the beginning that no one seemed at, at the races um, and the vast majority of the side didn't seem up for it. I was speaking to one of my mates today about it and it's not as if St Mirren like camped us in and we were on the edge of our box and it was chance after chance after chance. Like they they, they obviously battered us and the scoreline reflects that and listen, it probably and could have should have been more. But we just considering the amount of attack and threat that we've got, I've said this for weeks, we've got so much attack and threat that it baffled me that we weren't even able to get into the final third or barely even into their half. Um yeah. I know we're not going to touch up upon like the individual goals, but I'm just to kind of briefly like go through them. Obviously the first <clears> one so many of the players are like caught on their heels and not, not necessarily paying attention. There's five or six in and around the penalty box in the, the back post ball watching. And the only reason I'm kind of going through this is because I, I, I want to talk about the squad as a generalisation now. And then the second goal, obviously not a penalty, so I'm not even going to get started on that. And then the third goal, very, very sloppy again. Unfortunate for, um, is it Triantis? Is that how you pronounce it? He's in and around both that first and the second goal. Didn't really cover himself in glory. Um and didn't have a great performance. But listen, he wasn't the only one that didn't have a great performance. Um, I think a performance like that, what can a manager do when there so many are off the boil from the get-go? You can't obviously ring the changes too much at half-time, although Monty did and got some level of performance. But by then, the game's gone. Um, you've got lapses in concentration all over the park. You've got players like Eli Yuan that's obviously just got zero confidence Big thing for me was playing Jair again with, with Whitaker, making us exposed again and again and again down that right-hand side. Um, arguably, the I know, time time will tell, the, the, the level of player or the profile of player that we've brought in is arguably better on paper than what we already have, right? Obviously, the weekend didn't reflect that. These are all players, as you've hi- highlighted, Craig, a lot of them have barely even played 10 to 30 games in a very, very long time. Yeah. So I'm not, and again, that comes back to my point, I'm not overly surprised at the level of performance that we're maybe able to get out of these boys at the moment. I do think it'll maybe take four, five, maybe even six games. But unfortunately, I don't think we have that and I don't think Monty has that at the moment. Um, Ryan touched on the game during the week. It would be very, very hibs of us to go and win one nil. But it would again. It yeah. would also be very, very hibs of us to go and get absolutely battered, and and then obviously put in a, some kind of lively performance again in Inverness. I've seen a lot of stuff online about there being lots to get fixed, and I think the the January window is notoriously hard um, to to bring anybody in for Montgomery um, and the recruitment team and Ben Kendall and stuff. I've probably done what they've tried to do the last two or three. January windows in regards to improve the quality and get rid of what we seem as dead wood. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a very, very short-term fix. We've obviously got the investment now as well. So I do see real change in the future, whether that be under Montgomery or not, I don't know. I would like to think it is um, just because I, I know that what he could potentially bring to the club. But again, I can completely understand people wanting, wanting to get rid of him and, and getting short of him now. Yeah, a and nice that, short, a nice short answer is always short. I really appreciate it. I just had, a, I had a lot of stuff to get off my chest. I thought I'll get it out early doors in case we can't touch on any of the topics. Can I uh, just no, I think get actually, just before you carry on, something that I wanted to to say before <clears throat> before we carry on, and I'll probably forget to say it. 
in the rest of the episode is that I've seen a lot of abuse going towards Montgomery on Twitter, and I think rightly so. Uh, I mean, to an extent. Yeah. Um, his stubbornness uh, with tactics is plain to see. Um, it didn't change it early enough for me, but the the players have got to take a massive amount of accountability as well because if it takes you three goals down in 45 minutes to even think about being in the same postcode as their 18-yard box, then you're doing something completely wrong. Yeah. Regardless of what the manager is telling you, if you're seeing that it's not working on the pitch, then you need to step up, grab the game by the scruff of the neck, have a little bit of bollocks and do something about it instead of waiting for the manager to tell you, waiting for waiting for the, the coach to, to give you a new instruction. You need to do it yourself. And I think it then harks back to the fact that we've got no real leaders, no real characters in the dressing room at the moment. Um, like we spoke about, you know, when, when you compare it to Lennon's Hibs and Stubbs' Hibs, we had, you know, a plethora of characters, but that is what we're really, really lacking at the moment. So, I disagree. I, I, I think that if a team goes out on the pitch unmotivated, with no confidence, tactically unaware, and that first half performance, basically, I think that falls with the manager. I think it's the manager's responsibility to make sure he's got 11 players on the pitch that, first of all, know what they're doing, second of all, are fit to you know fit enough to play a game and are full of confidence motivated and if they're not motivated no confidence and they shouldn't be on the pitch so that for me that first half performance that 3-0 that falls to Montgomery unfortunately I know the player and listen I know it's the players that are on the pitch but at the end of the day he picks who's on the pitch that centre half I forget his name he's not kicked the ball in a while I know that we don't have much many options but I don't think he should be playing I don't think we should be playing you know, these signings that have had maybe two or three training sessions, I get that we're kind of in a desperate situation and we need some kind of spark from somewhere, but I just think putting them in the starting 11 straight away is is dangerous. And I think that, that first half performance for me lies with the manager, to be honest. No yeah, I don't. The, the players that we've brought in, if they are coming in and having poor games and being written off immediately by the fan base, I mean, because it's going to happen, happens at every single club, but for me, Mark, if you're a player on that pitch and you see it's not going the way you want it to, you you make a you make a conscious effort yourself and try and change the way that you're playing to you know avoid those goals going in. But you no, know, I can completely understand that you know. I, I think it, the the blame needs to be shared half and half. We and I feel it. for Young Whitaker as well. I really do feel for him because I think he's a good wee player. He's only what 16, 17 years old, and I don't think he should be in the starting eleven yet. I think yeah. he's been made as a, a. We spoke about in the group chat. I think he's a bit of a pawn to for Montgomery to say, "Look how good I am with youth. Look at the chance that I'm given. He's the youngest ever Hibs player to make an appearance, and I just don't think he's ready. And it's not his fault. And now he's in a situation where he'll be, you know, short of confidence and and things like that. So, and again, that 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 lies with the manager. Those team selections and what he's saying before the game. I think Sean mentioned about the. They came out the second half and they played a little bit better because he made some changes and obviously had some words. That that shouldn't take too half time for him to do that. that long, you know what I mean? It took, and to be fair, to even say that we came out and played well the second half, so it was Mariah Welsh pinging a couple I of diagonals for we didn't five minutes. 
like, and then I see Montgomery coming out after the game and saying, oh, we could have scored one, maybe two. I don't know how, because we only had one shot on target. Yeah. And I don't even remember what that was. Um, it was a trickle through. Yeah, I think one of the key points that I wanted to touch on out of what you both said, especially Whitaker, um, I think it, right now it's too early to tell if Whitaker's even got it, talent. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that he just, he's not, for me, he's not physically ready for it. Maybe if, if he was a centre midfielder, it'd be different because he's kind of, you're not going to be dealing with high balls, high diagonal balls as a centre mid. At right back, Liam, you especially, because you sit like where he was playing on Saturday in the first half, you sit right there. I counted about eight or nine times they went for him in the first four or five minutes. Yeah, it's it's not helping his development at all. No. Um, and I don't think he's ready. Sean, you're not going to like this, but I don't think Meg was ready for this level. I think Meg was, he was doing really, really well at Airdrie. I don't think we should have recalled him. You know, in hindsight, I, I was going, oh, get Megwa back in the team, get Megwa in the team, before we recalled him. But in hindsight, it's probably been the wrong decision. Should have given him another half season um, at Airdrie to develop a little bit further. Especially with the fact that Cadden was so close to coming back and Lewis Miller was only going to be away for X amount of games. We probably could have rolled our luck with Rory Whitaker until those two were back available again. But listen, I think it's harsh on harsh on the laddie. Like Mark says, I do think he's a good player. It's not helping him at all when he's getting he's getting pinned, you know, every week. And yeah. teams are wising up to that. And if if you're Rory Whitaker, you're thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go again. I can't be arsed today. And that could go into the players as well, the way they're going out. If they're going out and seeing on the right-hand side, it's Whitaker and Jair. They're already thinking we're in for a tough one. And not to disparage those two, but Jair... The redemption arc has ended almost as quickly as it started, to be honest. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of ask, though, right, Ryan, you're quite... <clears throat> one of the reasons we brought you into the ramble was your high football and IQ and your love for diving into stats and graphs and... And toe-tapping, of course. Toe-tapping, yes. Listen, listen, to- on the toe-tapping, I came in here because this podcast needed a wee bit more Republican representation, <laughs> so that is exactly what I'm here for, all right? Well, Ryan, you've certainly stepped up and played. We can certainly say that. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, right, is because I know, I know, in terms of how you, when you look at the game, like you view it quite analytically. You like to spot trends and patterns, etc. Right? There's this whole talk about the four-four-two and how the four-four-two doesn't work. It's an outdated dinosaur philosophy that has no uh, no place in the modern game, right? Luzerne at home at the start of the season, we played a 4-4-2. And I think a lot of us can agree it was probably Joe Newell's best ever single-handed Hibs performance. Um, mm. It was like a man possessed that night. Obviously, it was Venti's debut, but him and Lafondra linked up for Venti's goal. So what what is it about the way that we're setting up or that Montgomery's setting us up in that formation that is stifling us, yet Lee Johnson had us almost playing Luzerne off the park. Because I tell you now, if we were to face Luzerne now, they'd probably hand us a five, six goal scudding. So what's what's the difference? Where can where can the adjustments, in your opinion, be made? 
just quickly, Ryan, it's also not been a 4-4-2 the last two games and the lively performance other than 20 minutes has still been shite. Sean, it has been a 4-4-2. Right. No, it's let's, not. Listen, it see what, has. See it doesn't matter, at, though. When we look at formation, it right, it's, 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 not, it's not rigid. It's not going to be like that for 90 minutes of the game. You're going to have three different right. shapes three different shapes throughout the course of the game anyway. Regardless, you're going to have in-possession, out-possession and transition. And your shape will change throughout those periods of the game. I think on the transition, we're not quick enough to jump into the, the defensive shape and we don't work hard enough without the ball, especially the guys in the wide area. So when you talk about um, Whitaker getting exposed, I don't think the guy in front of him, whether it be Tavares, whether it be Yuan, they don't work near as hard enough as they should to kind of give him that support and protection. Leaves him exposed sometimes two-on-one if the full-back bomb's on. Um, but I, I think that there's pros and cons to the formation, although an assessment should be made that you have to make the most of what you've got. It's still quite early in Montgomery's management career. It's only his third season. So, you know, he's probably only seen success before for two, and that's what he knows, and that's his default. However, I think there comes a point, especially in this league, you can't give up numbers in midfield if you're playing against teams that are going to have the majority of the ball. Likes against Celtic and Rangers. They've always got three in there. They've got a numerical advantage. They can play right around you. And then they'll have runners in behind as well. So it's easy for them to play against us. We're not getting into shape quick enough after we lose the ball, which we seem to do a lot. We do give the ball away a lot. Obviously, we're trying things out, trying to make things happen, trying to break down defences. But St Mirren's a prime example. They're more than happy to play in the counter-attack. So when they transition from defend into attack, they're much quicker at it than we are in reverse. And, and that's where our problems are coming from in the 4-4-2 formation at the minute. A lot of it can be down to personnel, especially in the wide areas. Guys are getting crosses in willy-nilly, and that's down to not having people in those areas to kind of block it off. Yeah, this first... By the way, ladies and gentlemen... What, we've got him. What Should up, sportsman? Have we ever used the phrases in possession, out of possession and transition before? Because I don't think we have. <laughs> um, one, just, Ryan, see just on that, right? One thing that I noticed on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they, when you're talking about, you know, when you're, so when we're transi- when we're sort of almost looking to counter-attack, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that I picked up on Saturday, and I don't know if anybody else did, the amount of times that I've, the ball ended up at Marshall for whatever reason, like it was a cross in the box or a short chicken or whatever, when St Mirren had maybe, um, you know, bodies forward. Jair and Yuan both immediately, they both go and they spread out really wide. And Marshall goes to throw it, hesitates, goes to throw it again, hesitates again. And by that point, Yuan and Tavares are now marked by the whether it be the full, because I think you played a 3-5-2 on Saturday, um, by the wing-backs getting back into position. So does it sort of lie with the goalkeeper in, in some instances as well, that if the ball's on, just play it. If we lose it, we lose it. But when we're already as slow in possession as we are, mm-hmm. why are we making it even slower by not taking the chance to counter when it's there? Yeah, I think it's a kind of like a staple. One of the principles of... Montgomery is that he likes that slow methodical build-up in order to drag players around the pitch. However, if we try and spring a counter-attack and it breaks down, we're already semi-set in that defensive shape because we've just been in it. So if you Mm. give the ball away trying to counter and try to be productive, then you're probably better set up than you would be with the slow methodical build-up. So there is absolutely every opportunity to try that if it's on. However, I have noticed Marshall over the past couple of years he's been here, he is quite hesitant when it comes to playing quick 
and early. Even under Lee Johnson, he was quite hesitant with it. Um, so it could be down to management instruction. It could be down to the player himself. But I, I, I do find that we need to try something different more often. We don't counter half as much as other teams in the league. Um, there's a lot of teams that get success from it. So it could be like a, a, another string to our bow kind of thing if we manage to make use of the counter-attacks. Yeah, there's something that we've, that me and Liam have kind of spoken about, um, is that in, so when we're defending, we defend like a counter-attacking team, yeah. but we counter-attack like a possession-based team. Yeah. And I think, oh, I think for me, right, the concern is who is, who's telling Montgomery that this is the right way to do it? So there's obviously the way football goes these days, you've got a team analysts, um, you know, they'll they'll sit and they'll look at the game. I don't know if they'll probably have like a um a bird's eye camera maybe at the top of the west or the east stand that looks directly down on the pitch, doesn't move, so you can see everybody like if you were playing Sabuto, everyone will everyone will just move as it moves during the game. So it's concerning for me that there's somebody out there, whether it's Montgomery himself just being a total nope, this is it, this is it, we're gonna keep keep going and keep going and keep going until it works. Are the analysts looking at data and saying, by the way, if we keep playing this way, it's going to come off? Because looking at the table, right, we're currently, so in our last five games, we've drawn two and lost three. The only teams with a similar and or worse record than us at the moment is Livingston and Ross County. Livingston stinking the league out, finally, with 13 points for 24 games. And Ross County are next to them on 19 points from 22 games. So they've they've got two games in hand um, on the majority of the teams above them. We've got they've got a game in hand on us. That seven point deficit for us could very quickly turn into a one point deficit. The way our form is going at the moment. Now, granted, they've on, they're on the same run of form as us now. But Mark as I don't want to, I think we should touch on it, right, because it is a subject that we found ourselves in back in 2014-15. No, sorry, 2013-14 under Butcher when Butcher came in. By the split, we were one win away for the top six. By the end of the season, we went down on penalties. Can we just assume that because the other teams are less shite than us that we're all right, or the more this run goes, do we really need to start looking over our shoulders and thinking, fuck, what's going to happen if we don't get it sorted? Yeah, it's one of them, right, because obviously at the moment it's panic stations for everyone. But I know it's cliche as fuck, but football is a funny old game. And it's like, you know, all it takes is for us to win, you know, get a freak result on Wednesday and beat Celtic winning the Scottish Cup and then all of a sudden we're talking about how amazing that we are and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and Yuan's the best player in the world and Venti's going to win the Ballon d'Or. So, <laughs> look, I, I get at the moment that performance was obviously the quite possibly the low point of the season. That first half was was ridiculous and, and should never happen at Easter Road at, at Hibs full stop. But I think we've got, I think comparing it to Butcher, I think we've got a much better squad for a start. I think we've got a better manager. Although a lot of people, the jury's out for Montgomery. I think, you know, what Butcher did was turn around and say he was getting rid of half the squad. And that's what unsettled everyone. I think we've got much better quality. And I can see us. 
I think we'll still finish top six. I still think we'll finish top six. Um, I just think at the moment we're going through a rough patch. We need to get these new boys settled in. You know, we're, we're getting Boyle. I say Rocky, but we're getting Boyle and Miller back. <laughs> um, and that that'll add to the squad. And I, I think we'll I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be all right. I just think it can turn on a dime and you get a couple of results and all of a sudden things are looking bright. There's a bit of confidence in the camp. At the moment, it's it's grim, but it'll yeah, turn. I've got to agree with you there, Mark, because you look at Aberdeen last season, they were in a very similar position to us <clears throat> where people were going, oh, Aberdeen could go down, Aberdeen could go down. You know, they string, they strung like two wins and a draw together between then and the end of the season and managed to fucking finish third. I think so, it was eight wins. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they... <laughs> They turned it around so quickly, and it, there is a big gap between us and Hearts at the moment. But if we bridge that gap to you know a little bit, a little bit closer, then it is a lot tighter with those teams that are in and around us, like between us and Hearts. So I think third's gone. I think third's gone. Third's gone yeah. Oh yeah, third's gone. I think they have goodbye to third. I think I mean, top six. Top six. I think we'll get top six, and I pro- I, th- I do think we'll get a European spot as well. Because when it boils down to it, the players that we've got are better than the players that are at St Man. Players that we've got are better than the players that are at Kilmarnock. And our players know how to battle for a European spot when it, you know, when it comes down to crunch time. So I think there's absolutely nothing to worry about. We'll be going on a European tour again next year. Um, and we might even win the Scottish Cup. <laughs> I tell you what, right? Even uh, for you, that is... Out with the realms of positivity. That is. So what we'll do is right. The two clips we can put out. We can put out Ryan's um, Monday Night Football esque tactical breakdown, <laughs> and we'll put out your. That's almost like a State of the Union address. <laughs> we just need to put your face on Uncle Sam. Say we want you. Because that's. I'm not gonna lie, right? I'm not gonna lie. I actually think we're going to win the Scottish Cup this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's obviously that comes up after after Celtic. I mean, when I was saying about us being safe, right? I wasn't sort of trying to draw parallels to butchering that squad as such. More, uh, we thought we were sound, and the close, the the more the games ticked off, it'll be like, ah, oh, well, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, and then eventually it wasn't fine. Um, obviously, the next you you could argue the next five games um, could really make or break our season. Like, and in, in 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 terms of we're playing teams that are either above us or again we've got the the opportunity to progress in the cup. So obviously February is a busy month. We've got Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday we've got Celtic at Easter Road followed by Inverness away on Saturday in the Scottish Cup. Big dunk against uh, Monty on the touchline. I'm sure that'll be popcorn viewing. Uh, we're then away to Pataudry with Neil Warnock. Uh, by the way, we could just touch on that, right? That is cinch heritage, by the way. It does pain me greatly that he's at Aberdeen, but I think the next three months are going to be sensational viewing, um, especially with them at Ibrox tomorrow night. If they do not get so if they get a boy sent off, if they get not get a penalty, if Rangers get a dubious penalty, which we've never seen happen before, Warnock would absolutely lose his shit, and I am one hundred percent here for it. 
to the extent we are, if by whatever reason we get rid of Montgomery before the end of the season, I'd want to see us go balls deep for Sam Allardyce. <laughs> or, or just get Warnock for <laughs> <laughs> Or just get Warnock, I. Hibs, I would have a season ticket for life if Hibs guaranteed me six, possibly 12 months of Warnock at Hibs. Oh, mate. The Aberdeen fans must be absolutely delighted there. Yeah. See, first press conference is anything to go by. Did you hear what he said? He was going, if we get a result tomorrow night... Eh, no, sorry, he meant, if we get a doing tomorrow night, it's Peter Leaving's fault, but if we get yeah. a result, then I've had an influence on the squad. <laughs> oh, he's class, man. Uh, he's, um, but aye, so the, the game's after that. So Aberdeen away, and then we've got Dundee at home, and then we've got... Um, Hearts away on the 28th of February. Sean, looking at that run of games, so it's four league games and one cup game. Where do you see us? So almost exactly a month from now. When we're recording on the 3rd of March, 4th of March after the Ross County game at home, where do you think we'll be sitting? Realistically, I know in your head you'll be like, ah, fuck it, the Celtic game we're going to win, we're going to beat Inverness, we'll then beat Aberdeen, we'll also beat Dundee, we'll beat Hearts. And we'll be fucking kissing their arse for third. But realistically, where where do you think we'll be in in four weeks' time based on the run that we've got and based on the run we've been on? I think we'll be lucky to get any points in the league and we'll be lucky to beat Inverness, is is my truth. Is my truth there. So um, basically we're gone down, we're fucked. No, not necessarily, because then we play we play Ross County twice and we play Livy once, so there's at least nine points, I hope. We um, are sending out Mariah Welsh at the end of the season to apologise to the fans. By the way, he looked he looked no bad at the weekend. He Act looked fans. okay. He looked, looked okay. okay. Yeah, um, he's got ninety nine long passing. I'll give him that. <laughs> my 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 concern with, with well, not just my concern with those games, Craig, but my concern at the moment kind of goes back to the point that you, Mark, and, and Liam just touched on just now about, like you mentioned about the the data side of the game and the, the performance side of the game and the people that are analysing it and telling Monty what what could work and what couldn't work. We kind of touched on it off recording the other week about potentially the players that we have at the moment and, and Mark said about Butcher coming in and saying players when they wanted. I'm not saying Monty's came in and said that but maybe it is part of the fact that Monty's asking too much of the players that are just not capable of giving him what he needs. So maybe the people that are analysing our squad and analysing the game and what we want to do do think that what we're trying to do is going to work, but we just don't have the calibre player to get there at the moment. Who's that? Can't make that out, Mark. King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. Oh, I know, I know. Um, I, I, and I just, I, I wonder if that's maybe playing a part at the moment in regards to what Monty is mute, trying to get. Can we just mute Ryan, please? Just to be on the safe side. <laughs> Ryan saw the news come out an hour ago. He's been celebrating. He's been toe tapping for the last couple of hours at that news. Early birthday present, isn't it, boys? Oh, yeah. Man. Look on the bright side. It's another bank holiday soon. Come on. Maybe. Um, and I, 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 and sorry, I wonder. Sorry. I sorry. Just to, just to finish. I just I wonder if maybe the fact that we've saw such a high turnover in January is maybe because the whole like money ball aspect of it, of being able to see what players can and can't give us on and off the park. Maybe that's why we've recruited the type of player that we've recruited, albeit they come with maybe some level of risk, whether it be the fact that um, they're loans or the fact that they've not played in a long period of time. And I think 
depending on how quick those players that were brought in can get up to speed and in the starting eleven, like your Luke Amos or Mariah Welsh in the middle of the park, that'll be more suited to maybe what Monty is trying to do, whether it be a four four two or a four three three or a four two three one like that, as Ryan touched on, isn't necessarily the point here. So I, I'm not positive for the month of February, but weirdly I'm still positive in regards to to what the club are either trying to do, but Again, to touch on my point earlier on, whether Monty gets that level of time or not, it's a different different kettle of fish. Do you see touching on like what you're saying about the sort of profile of player that we're bringing in in XYZ, right? So I think I put it in the chat the other day. Um, between like Bevan, Triantis, Marcondes, uh, Mayenda, Malida, Amos. I think maybe in the case of Amos and Marcondes is a bit different because they're coming back from sort of tough injuries um the other four what he's laughing at just what they're messaging each other in the chat instead but yeah I, I get where you're going with that craig you're talking like less than 100 games and those that are or have been playing for a long period of time have also been injured for a long period of time so you're actually asking a lot of your more quality standard player that, that we've got um I'm quite actually interested, well, you have your giggling fit. <laughs> I'm quite interested, Ryan, on your thoughts regarding the calibre player that we've brought in. I think it's, for me, it goes it goes back to the points that I've already made regarding the quality of them might be up there, but their fitness levels might be questionable at the moment. And again, it goes back to the point that I made about what they are or are not able to give us on the pitch at the moment. How do you see us trying to assuming that they are a better quality player, if you think that, mm-hmm. how do we get them into that starting 11 and up to speed as soon as possible, rather than just obviously the whole cliche, getting them on the pitch and playing games? Yeah, I think Saturday proved that when, when you're chucking guys in at the deep end, it's not always necessarily the best way to do it. It was um, a bit of a baptism of fire for a couple of them. Marcondes and Molida have both now played two games, so you'd be hoping that they've taken something from that. Um Obviously, cameos for like Luke Amos, Mariah Welsh will only help. I do, however, think in a couple of months from now, if all those guys are fit and firing and playing every week, we'll all see a, a marked difference in the performance levels. When we're bringing in calibre players like that and the profile player, it, it surely only stands us in good stead for the future. And being able to attract these kind of players in itself is a bit of an achievement. I don't think a year, two years ago, we'd ever attract the kind of guys like Marcondes um, and the ability that we've seen he's got. The guys that I think are probably going to be most important are the guys he's brought in the central midfield positions, as you say, that are capable of going box to box, that have got an engine and the physicality to do so. So I'm really hoping that Luke Amos kind of comes good and comes back from his injury like everybody hopes he's going to. I think he could be a kind of, not not a game changer, but he could make a real difference in that midfield area. I genuinely think that players like that are the missing piece, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Moment, you know... Joe Newell, uh, the other one. Um, <laughs> like Dylan Levitt's got all the technical ability in the world. He could pick a pass all day, but he doesn't have the engine or the legs to be able to do the job that maybe Montgomery requires at the minute. That was, that was kind of my point. That was kind of my point before I went off on one there. Um, is it not a game we're now finding ourselves stuck with a manager that is naive to Scottish football that thinks that, I mean, when you look at the profile of players that we've brought in, not one of them has any experience of Scottish football at all. Mm-hmm. None of them. Yeah, I mean, Aberdeen recruited that way last season. Um, if you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it will stick. 
you know. Yeah. But none of ours is sticking, it's just fun. Like I know, kids. I know, and I don't know whether that comes down to luck or general pool recruitment. Um, it's still early days, though, for these boys that were brought in in January, though, I mean... Oh, a million percent. And, you've, they, st- and you've still got Miller, Boyle, Adam, Adam LaFondry's just getting back as well. You know, I mean, I spoke last week about yeah. the intelligence of Marcondes. If you can get him on the pitch and you've got players like, you know, uh, Adam LaFondre coming on, albeit he came on at left wing at the weekend. Absolutely stunned um, by the way. If Jesus you can get Christ. players with a higher level of football and IQ or technical ability and be able to read the game a little bit better, which I think some of these boys potentially do have, I would like to see a midfield to, uh, you know, Luke Amos and Mariah Welsh at some point. Mm-hmm. I know obviously the golden child the John Newell and the captain of John Newell, I mean, he'll need to be dropped. But I think he's playing every minute of every game. He could maybe do a wee bit of a rest. And if these players are maybe up to speed, some of them could come in. But again, Ryan, it comes back to your point about we can't really be chucking them in. Mark said the same as well. So tough, a tough choice a player for maybe tomorrow. I think it's easier to throw them in against Celtic than it is against Livy. And Livy, fucking hell, Inverness. Yeah, um, yeah. it's easy to chuck them in in a bigger game in my opinion I also think you have to kind of blend the way that you bring them in if you put three and four in at a time you're kind of you are giving up that experience across the park one and two maybe until they all kind of get up to speed and fit otherwise you've got four and five guys working on less than 100% so you, you do need to try your best to blend I know we're in a sticky position at the minute with certain areas of the park but you really do have to kind of blend that so that you get the most out of everybody as opposed to four and five guys that aren't fully fit and haven't played a lot of football recently. Right, so moving on to Wednesday then, obviously, um, <clears throat> the chosen one himself, um, Mr David Brent. I don't know if he's have seen it with that Adam Ida or Ida that they've signed. Um, he was showing him his tattoo. He's got like a clover on his arm that's in the, like it's coloured in with the tricolour. And he actually goes up and goes like that. The, the, see the stories about Brendan Rodgers, man. Fucking crack me up. There's a Gucci belt one. They knocked on the gaffer's door. And I was like, oh, any chance of playing this week? And he just goes, Gucci belt. <laughs> oh, we Joe Allen, he's a beautiful human being. Or the the thing that he's got a like a four foot high painting of himself on his living room wall. What life size? Uh <laughs> no, that would be Sean. That would be Sean Maloney. Sorry, I don't want to get Mark started here. We'll get tears and snotters by the time we get to it. By the time we finish, um, aye, Wednesday. Do we feasibly see any way that we get a result? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is Hibs as fuck. It is eh? Like it. it we'll it we'll sneak a one 0 We'll batter them one 0 <laughs> It would be very, it'd be very Hibs to get a one 0 win and then get beat by Inverness at the weekend. Hundred yeah. percent. I mean, we've we've been here before. We've seen this movie many, many times before. We know what's going to happen. I'm I don't even... think there's going to be any in between. It's going to be one nil Hibs, or it's going to be about eight nil Celtic. <laughs> it's going to be an absolute pumping, or it'll be one of the games where we just frustrate them. But I agree, it's one of the things. It's like we've obviously just been beaten three nil off St Mirren. We're in a sort of a bit of a crisis at the moment. You know, there's even some talks of relegation, talks of getting rid of the manager. And, you know, the reason why it is Hibs is because we always seem to have a bit of a reaction against Celtic and Rangers um, when we were on a really bad run and we're expected to go and get absolutely pumped as often the times that we actually show up. And then the times where we expect to get something against them, 
is the times that we absolutely get pumped. And it's funny, it, the tables have kind of turned. Usually it was, you know, we would show up against Rangers and give them a game. But recently it's actually been more against Celtic at Easter Road that we've showed up and gave them a game. I don't believe Brendan Rodgers has ever won at Easter Road. So no, let's hope that continues. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely bite your hand off right now for a point, though. A nil-nil. A nil-nil will do me just fine. But like a, like a, a good performance and a draw. I want a toxic, a toxic draw will do me, like, where the, where the players Brexit are literally ball. trying to scrap just and we get maybe somebody sent off. Yeah, I would quite like that. I would quite like to see a bit of bite and a bit of dig. What I don't want to see is Joe Newell giving away needless free kicks. Um because he's been turned and he just has a wee sharp pull or he, he does that thing where he puts too much pressure on the boy, puts his hand up and the guy just falls forward. Um, right, we've got quite a lot of questions to get through. Now it's time to enter the Hibs Ramble listener questions. We'll get on to those. Ryan, I'll come to you first. Most important question of the Hibs Ramble. What are you having for your tea? Is this John McIntosh? Yes. Did he not get banned from uh, that other... Um... It's good to speak to you again, John, my man. It's been a while. Uh, so it's my birthday tomorrow, so I'm having steak and chips. Mrs. is cooking it. Nice. So the second most important question, with a follow-up, is how do you have your steak cooked and what sauce do you have to accompany it? Peppercorn sauce, medium rare. I will take no slander or abuse on that. I tell you what, right? There's no abuse needed there, Ryan, don't the you data, The data analyst might be giving Monty bullshit. But the scouting report we got on you is certainly not bullshit. That is, this is this is like Colombian wonder kid on FM style scouting reports that we Ryan getting. Melville or Freddie Adu, you decide. <laughs> uh, oh, Mark, uh, what's on your dinner table tonight? I think it's some kind of pasta dish. I'm not sure. I've not spoke to Emily. She's just got home. I think she's. I think I can smell some pasta of some kind. Maybe a wee tomato fairly. Sean, we'll soon find nice. Sean's definitely had pasta. I've had pasta and I'll be having something else after this. What that will be, I don't know yet. It will not be pasta though, don't worry. Right, that's that, that's plenty, Sean. There's there's young people that listen to this. For God's sake, man, behave yourself. Do you care what Sean has for his breakfast every day? Pasta. No, tell him, Sean. Chicken. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, right, I, I have... Four bits of toast, four bits of bacon, 100 grams worth of chicken, two eggs and a wee bit of cheese on top. So two toasted sandwiches. You're talking about 1,500 worth of calories in the, in the morning. Some effort, like. I don't see Are you trying to bulk? Are you trying to put on weight? Uh, I, mate, I finished my cut um, two weeks ago. So back on Z bulk. I just... 3,000 3, calories a day now, so... Well, Lido's been bulking since he was 16. <laughs> Listen, I'm dedicated to the cause, man. Talking of bulking, Liam, what did you have for your tea and also what did you finish off that was in Megan's tea? Well, um, I've not had my tea yet, but I was finishing off Megan's dinner. We are having chicken tikka masala and she had a wee bit extra naan bread and some sauce that I have been, um, I've been sporadically uh, chomping on. I'm glad you didn't stop halfway through that first sentence or leave a little bit of a gap there. So, what? Just you said that you were finishing off Megan's, and then you'd, <laughs> I'm glad you just referred to it as a dinner this evening. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be so lucky. I, Twice. I had um, scrambled egg and beans on a bagel. 
No, that sounds. I like that. I am currently. I like as Sean's trying to bulk up, I've actually. I'm actually in a calorie deficit at the moment. Could have fooled me. <laughs> Listen, son. Rome wasn't built in a day. Small changes. Rome wasn't built. Dip- it was there. Small changes make a big difference. I've uh, decided to make a wee lifestyle change in the last week, so I've been upping my uh, exercise output, and going out at least for at least an hour, maybe more a day with a dog, and cut out all the shite I've been eating. So I've not had any chocolate. My big thing was cookies. Sitting eating a bag of cookies at night, I've not touched a cookie in over a week, um, and I'm feeling better for it. I'm drinking my recommended... and you'll drop down to the Wildebeest League. Yep. <laughs> I'm getting there. Trust me. Porksmith do not know what hit them. Um, You're going right, to so Aberdeen next. Charlie Banks, um, we've got the same amount of points as Libby in the last 15 games. What's going on? Um, Charlie, we don't, in fact, have the same amount of points as Livingston in the last 15 games. Um, we have got 17 points in our last 15 games. Livingston have got three. We've also um, known the budget. Yeah, and Livingston have also only, fuck me, they've only scored six goals. All season or in that last 15? In that last 15. Um, and in the words of the, the famous Vine, um, get them out, Sharn, get them out. Look at the league, look at the table, get them out. Um, Keith Robertson has said, um, deeply concerning, currently on relegation form and we can't afford to keep dropping points. Lack of communication over the park. Hopefully the signs will come good, but they need to get up to speed faster. We'll be in trouble. Top six looking less likely, never mind Europe. Don't think there's much enough. I'm just going to point you back to um, what yeah, I but, yep. Keith, because I think that um, that maybe will change your mind, mate. Uh, John Tommy has said, this is the one podcast I want to be on. Um, it's tough. The most important one I have points to make. Uh, this is the first I've left before half time and the most disturbing first half I've watched in a long time with no hope from the bench. Um, John, I'll make you a deal. If you can beat me in a quiz, you can become a permanent member of the Ramble. Never going to happen, so you're never going to be here. But you are more than welcome to come on for like a featured episode that we do in the future. Um Billy Sterling has asked, how long will he last? Not quite sure that's a question for the ramble. Um, don't know if Billy's speaking in the third person there because we know he's quite a frivolous character. Um, I'm, ass- I'm going to assume he's talking about... Um, <laughs> he, he sent he sent, well, he has sent it in too, he, he sent it in too early for it to be about uh, the king, so it's not going to be about him. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, just... Quick sentences, lads. Uh, Ryan. Mark, Mark looks like he's falling asleep <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh, you, Mark, you were just like that. <laughs> I was looking at my phone. You were dreaming about washing machines. <laughs> um, uh-uh. Ryan, uh, just, just quickly, how long will Montgomery last? Or who's, or who's going first? Oh, the Kings, if I have my way, yeah, no, I'll answer it a different way. Do you know what? The model that we've had of constantly pulling the trigger, it's not worked up till now, so I think that they will give this guy time. Like, um, It would probably take, as Sean said earlier, to lose every game in February for something drastic to happen. Yeah. Liam? 
Yeah, I, I've, I'm inclined to agree. I think he'll get to the end of the season at least. Sean? Reiterate what, what Ryan says, it could turn even worse, even quicker. But I, I genuinely think if he manages to pull a wee bit of a run together and has a successful transfer window in the summer, he could still be here by next summer. That's what I want, but I don't think it'll happen. So at least we know that Sean Corrigan likes to spend his Saturdays bored out of his mind. <laughs> um, Mark, what about you? How long do you think Montgomery will last? I can't imagine he'll get sa- I can't imagine we'll sack another manager so quickly. Um, I think if we were to sack him really, really quickly, then questions would have to be asked of and I think Ben Kensel's done a brilliant job in terms of like the sponsorship and everything off the pitch, but I think questions would have to be asked if we were to get rid of yet another manager in such a quick or such a short space of time. So I think really, if they do pull the trigger, people will start to look up to at board level, and I don't think they want yeah. that. So mm-hmm. I think they'll uh, they'll probably give them more time. Well, that's the thing as well, is it? Is this because obviously the whole point about getting the director of football is because Kensal and Ian Gordon were getting too much stick about their supposed involvement in running the actual football side of things. So does this appointment almost absolve Kensal of any blame, or does it actually even heighten it in that he's instead of hiring the manager who's failing, he's now hiring the guy who's hiring the fails. So I don't I don't even know what's worse. Um, I'll stand by my take that I had um, on the special with Sean. Again, I said I, did, I didn't want this at the time. My feeling for that sort of going less and less as games tick off. But I don't think he'll be here come the end of the season. I think we'll be um, wheeling David Gray out again <laughs> for another interim spell. Um, Gav Dick says, at this rate, we're going to be 11th. Said last week that we should consider dropping Yuan and Jair. Today, just rubber stamp says, honestly, worst performance I've seen from you and Jay was doing nothing. Gav, I'd just like to highlight that your spelling is spot on this week. Could do we capitalising? Not so many spaces before a full stop. However, I'm very pleased with that. Uh, Junior has said, Hibs fans wanted Jack was sacked because of the cup defeats to St Johnston, but I'd take getting just getting to a final over what we have now. Whole club is pathetic and we genuinely could get relegated via the playoffs. Controversially, if we're that bad, I wouldn't want us to get to a final to overshadow how poor we are. Yeah, yeah. I would rather put put, put us get us out against them. If we're really, really that bad and change is really, really needed, just let Inverness beat us. Rather than rather than going all the way to the final just for a day out to mask how poor we are, like how what Pat Fenlon had for two years. Don't you know care. I mean? Don't care. Yeah. Hamden, Hamden, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care about masking it. Beat Inverness, get to Hamden. What's that? It's not so, these aren't so many questions, more just sort of frustration. I guess I am. We can, if there's anything else that comes off them, we can kind of pick them up. Uh, Gala Fox has said, we'd rather be signed up and coming Scottish players from lower league than be less prima donnas from England that undoubtedly will be forgotten months after they sign them pass through. Current loan signing policy is not a long-term strategy. I agree with that to an extent. I do think there is a place in January, especially for loans, but not to the extent that we have. Um, And not for things like Bevan, who's injured already, or he's coming off an injury, that's why his loan at Chesterfield was cut short. Um, These laddies that have played, you know, the the manager wanted first-team ready players, 
we've signed players that have barely kicked the ball all season. So, um, Albert Street says, we can't need Jerk and Sack Montgomery. We need to trust the process. Look at Kelly last year, absolute bobbins, and look at them this year. Look at them and not look at them this season. I'm assuming he means not this season compared to the last. That's what happens when you keep faith, faith with a manager. We need to do the same. I don't think we should be able to compare ourselves with the likes of Kilmarnock, especially when Kilmarnock had just been promoted. Was the expectations low? Yeah, the expectations low. They were, they're, realistically, they were just wanting to stay in the league. We're aiming higher than that. But I think the point is still valid that they gave their manager a year. Yeah, to an extent, I agree. And they, they gave their manager a full season, which didn't which wasn't great, the football wasn't great, and now giving him that time is paying off. Yeah, but again, it's it's different level of expectation at Kilmarnock to what it is at Hibs. Regard, so they're they're not expected to be pushing up trees in their first season back in the league. I know, I get, I get that. I know what you're saying, yeah. but it's but the point still stands. Yeah, that I give them time and see how it goes. Yeah. But then the flip side is, if we give them time and it gets worse, we yeah, then end up pull the trigger. Yeah, exactly. Um, Haley said after a defence of Lee Johnson not being sacked too soon what do you think the shouts are for Montgomery to be chopped personally I think whether he's a man or not he's who we have and another another isn't going to do anything I don't agree with that I don't agree that there's nobody else out there that could be getting better out of these players yeah it's just what's the point in getting them in mid-season on a on a hiding to nothing really eh? yeah I think then the thing is as well, we've got if we sack Montgomery, get someone else in, then we go on a poor run and there'll be just calls for that new manager's head by the end of the season. Maybe prolonging so, it further as well. And then where like where does the cycle stop? Exactly. If a new manager comes in and has five or six poor games, then do you just sack them immediately? That's becoming that's Watford levels. I think yeah. it's it, it's it's been sort of almost ingrained into us because we just keep getting rid of managers. Yeah. So it's almost if we just expect a manager to get sacked straight away if they, they start poorly. I just, it's ridiculous. I think that's more born out of the relatively short tenure that um, Maloney had, though. Like, uh, so yeah. Jack Ross did have, I know uh, Heckenbottom's quite, stint was quite short as well, but sort of out with that, we had Stubbs, then we had Lennon, Hecky was a short term, we had Ross for what? Two and a half years, mm-hmm. there or thereabouts, two and a half years. And then obviously the Maloney one's kind of been the trigger for the, it seems like it's actually, you know, scattergun hiring. But in reality, when you look at it with a bigger sample size, it's not. Um, yeah. But it's the thing is, they're going to have to do something, depending on how this month goes, because obviously we've got the AGM coming up at the end of uh, February, which um, I don't know if anybody's seen it if anybody's a shareholder or not, but the notice to the AGM was sent out to shareholders today, I believe. Um, there's a few resolutions to vote on, one of which is converting debt into equity to allow the investment from Bill Foley's uh, consortium, it's a Black Knights football club. We're not going to touch on that just now because we don't really, one, we don't know what it means for us at present, because neither Hibs nor Bournemouth have actually officially came out and announced what it is the link-up's going to be. So it's difficult for us to speculate on stuff that we don't know. And two, the season tickets for next season will be coming up. Um, And at present, I mean, this is a separate bit altogether, but 
I could see us having one of our lowest crowds at um, Easter Road on Wednesday for a very, very, very long time for a game against Celtic. So, aye. Uh, Dean, the, the tickets for, by the way, sorry, the, the tickets for Saturday for Inverness away, I know it's a, a long way away. Piss but poor the way. They're very, very, very poor ticket sales so far, considering it's a Scottish Cup tie. Yeah, especially when we took a sizable crowd up to Forfar as well. But I think I think for a situation like that as well just goes to show the disconnect at the moment between the fan base and the club. Because usually you'd be, you know, there'd be 15, 10, 15 supporters buses going up to that. You've got folk coming out of the woodwork who've not been at a game for a while. Or these like Hamden day trippers that go, do you know what, fuck it, Inverness. Day out, away up to Inverness. Bus leaves at seven, we'll be there for 11. Boozer all day, perfect. Um, the fact that we are piss poor selling for a quote, it's not, is it the quarters? It's not the quarters, is it? Round of 16. 16, yeah. yeah. So a chance, to the, a chance to get into the quarters as well. Uh, it's no great, and it just goes to highlight the level of disconnect that exists between us and the club at the minute. Um, Dean said, how long does Montgomery realistically have? Can't answer that. Uh, sorry, we've already answered that. And Harvey Scott says, with the Foley money, should the club use it to pay fans to come to games? Because with lack of better word, then that was fucking dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not lying. Um, <laughs> and I think another couple more. Um, oh, yeah, so yes. Kev Wilson said... I don't see him turning things around to do so with the little ta- with the talent available is unacceptable, tactically infle- inflexible and naive, and he doesn't seem to have the personality to be Hibs manager. Honestly, he'll be away after having a disastrous February. <laughs> I mean, we kind of disagree. If we have a shy February, he'll be out the door. Like either way. Yeah. Um, Stephen Cameron, we have signed seven players who have had thirty-seven starts between them since the start of the season. We need players who are ready to go and ready for script to scrap for results. I would rather have signed three players who have been playing consistency. Very hard to do without splashing and overpaying the way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Especially in January, I suppose. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like notoriously January is a difficult window, especially if clubs know what we want and we're desperate for it, we can pay the premium. And obviously the club didn't want to pay the premium and that's Understandable. Um, the people picking these managers need to take into task. Maybe the thousands of empty seats left after an hour on Saturday should be a wake-up call to them. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate with that and say that there's thousands of empty seats every week. Yeah. And that's been an ongoing issue for a very long time. So it's not just about now. Um, the season tickets are already bought as well, so realistically yeah. it doesn't make too much a difference to the club at the moment. That'll be funny to see what the announced attendance is on Wednesday night. 16, I was quite surprised, surprised at how large the attendance was at the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, vis- no, like visibly large, not as in like number-wise. Oh, right. Hibs kids day, wasn't it? Aye. Yeah. yeah, the East looked fairly empty for where I was. Obviously, we'll all have different perspectives of each stand. Well, um, like when you left it, do you know? The the Rebel High B, um, Ryan, you could just tweet as your cellmate. You don't need to hide behind an anonymous <laughs> account. Um, Sack and Monty won't really turn things around. Things aren't going well, but I don't particularly care for the players being bailed out again by a sack in, particularly for someone like Lennon. Whatever happens is a big reset needed in the summer with or without Montgomery. I think that's an interesting part, is that the players, like Mark said earlier on, the players need to start taking responsibility as well. And that, again, this would be, I know we've brought in lots of players, but the core group would be surviving yet another manager. 
And that's probably where the issue lies. I mean, there is talk that players like Hamlin and Stevenson are going at the end of the season. Um, rightly or wrongly, obviously, you've then got players like Newell. Doyes just went out the door. So almost the last remnants of squad, the players that have been there for five plus years are likely going to be gone. It goes back to the point that we've already mentioned, though, trying to move on these players that are maybe not capable of what we're wanting to do at the moment, and that includes the core amount. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know there was lots of stuff online about the core group, but Joe Neal was the only one of that so-called core group that was playing at the weekend, and yes, he didn't have a great game, but no one else did. So I think slowly, finally, we've been calling for it for years to see a lot of these players phased out or replaced, and some players have, <clears> have improved with better players, and time will tell on others, I guess. Yeah, right. We'll get through the last few. I'm quite keen not to miss anybody out. Um, Peter Keenan has said, not good enough, simple as that. Lack of effort, no winners. Boss gassed, or boss has boss has to change system as player not capable of playing it. Don't make me start on you, mate. Come on. Spelling is of the utmost importance here at the Rambo. Uh, I'm going to assume he's just Italian, his name up, but his name's actually Liam. Aye, that'll do. Uh, he needs to go, he comes across as if he's lazy, unwilling to try anything else, continues to do the same thing and expects different results. Doesn't work like that. Monty out, McInnes or Lennon in. We must be so easy to see that. Did everyone see my major eye roll there when I heard Lennon? Yeah, but I also seen your raging stoner when he said McInnes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and another point he said, we must, be, we must be so easy to set up against too. Honestly, can't believe he's won anything in the past. That's one thing that stood out for me about Saturday as well, is that Stephen Robinson said after the game, we came here expecting to win. Nobody, even the old firm, depending on where we're at, should be expecting to come to Easter Road and get three points. And especially when we sort of bent over and gave it to them as easily as we did on Saturday. Robert Cherry, has he not been sacked yet? Not as of current recording, which is 1949 on the 5th of February, 2024. Right, last few uh, for Instagram. Uh, Rents for Leith, where do we go from here? The Championship? Hopefully not. Hibs class, I want to give them time. We're still missing key plot, key players. Miller and Boyle back and give them new players at least a full training session before hitting the big red button. Um, can't wait for Rocky to get back. He's the key to solving our defensive issue. <laughs> Never said that. Just wanted to see your reaction when I said that, Mark. And I got it. Cheers. Jack Banks, 1875, Monty out. Natasha, even though we lost, I still feel we played better in the second half when Levitt, Tavares and Ewing came off. Very easy to start playing when you're 3-0 down. I'm sure we've actually had that exact conversation at one point. It's easy to get on the ball and play when you're getting scudded. And finally, Ledige. Um, it's up to how the players respond. They realise every game is a must-win dogfight or they don't. And... Finally, Jesus Christ, this is a big one. Recruitment has been one of our biggest downfalls. This is from Nigel Wood. That and the culture at the club. Have we recruited well this window? Only time will tell. Where we have failed is if we bypass seasoned SPL players. That's because the SPL doesn't exist. Again, grammar and um, what's the word I'm looking for here, Sean? Accuracy. Accuracy is very high to us here. Yeah, it so doesn't so it doesn't. It used to. It doesn't anymore. So, so the Saudi Pro League. The SPFL 
Um, it's the Saudi Pro League, Craig. Yeah, we don't care about your hero. Yeah, but at the Ramble, against... at the Ramble, we like to do things correctly. Is the Saudi Pro League really... not technically the RSL? No. Yeah, is it's the it's the Royal Saudi League. Nope, nope, no, it's not. It so well. accuracy, Mark. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's the SPL Saudi Pro League. Shut up. <laughs> Guys who do the dirty work and battle for every point. Listen, Mark, we don't care about your hero scoring in front of 400 people, all right? Canada has never played in the Saudi Pro League. No. <laughs> uh, Stuart Finlay at Kelly is a prime example of a player who would not break the bank and do a solid job. We've opted to sign improving players from a bloated EFL system. And time again, it's been a bad decision. We need to learn from our mistakes once and for all. Sacking the manager is not the answer, no matter how frustrating things are right now. P.S. Hurry up, Rocky. Is that to leave, to come back? To no, again, that was... He never said hurry up, Rocky again. It was just because I know that Mark's <laughs> um, just renewed his membership for the Rocky Bushiri fan club. So, uh, as we can see, for everybody that sort of responded to our Twitter and Instagram over the weekend, thank you for doing that. A mixed bag, but kind of all along the same lines. Still a wee bit of support from Montgomery, but it's not just the swell that you'd like. Cheer up, lads. So, yeah, Wednesday night. Cali Celtic. Thistle away on Saturday. Let's fucking have it. Cali Thistle, boing, boing. Cali Thistle, boing, <laughs> boing. Um, Ryan, how much have you enjoyed your uh, first and last appearance on the Rambo? <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It was worth it for the free Leaf 7 gear. So, thanks very much for that, Liam. That'll uh, do me uh, fine. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, I've enjoyed that, lads. Good laugh. Thanks very much again. Well, we're very, very delighted to have you on board, and we look forward to your um, high football IQ for the rest of the season. Um, especially, what was it you said earlier? I'm going to be going to bed. Mid, mid set defence. Mid set defence. This is what I'm talking about. Um, it's all up there. It's all up there, boys. Up there's for dancing, down there's for thinking. Came up saying. That's it. So I that will we'll wrap up there. Um, thanks everybody again for listening if you'd like to give us a follow if you don't already on Twitter Facebook, Instagram etc at the Hibs Rambo, if you want to go and follow Ryan on Twitter is it at Ryan Melville 92 correct, yeah. correct. Um, if you don't already follow the rest of us uh, Mark is currently banned from social media um, for reason that will not disclose by himself Yes, by himself. It's just, it's it's almost like um, when you go to the bookies and say, "Don't you let me put a bet on?" That's what <laughs> Mark's doing with social media. It's a um, it's a bit derby, post derby, depending on the result. It's meet me, meet me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was gone for screw goals with a Hibs fan the last time as well. Oh, probably, man. Yeah, he's like a horny fourteen year old. Meet me. We will be back next Monday to review um, Celtic in less detail, but more so the Inverness game. See where we're at. 2-1-0 victories, one abs. And, yeah, anybody got anything else they want to add before we sign off? Uh, just Gucci belt. <laughs> Gucci belt. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I might do for our performance? I might write doing a... What was it he done at Liverpool? We made them write an envelope. Three players who... Shouldn't he be there? I'm going to send an anonymous text and see who should, we should get rid of. And if the answer is me, I'm not opening it. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your week. We'll see you then. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. 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 Let's get ready to rumble.